Home Builders Association can help. Visit utahhba.com. KCNS FM Colville. KCNS AM Salt Lake City. Live from the Carrier HVAC Zone Studios. This is 97.5 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Turn to the experts. Carrier. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live at the Dish Professionals. Give them a call, 801-424-DISH, or simply stop by and see us, 80 South and State Street. We have some jazz gear for you. Gordon, let's continue to talk some college football. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Joining us now, he does sidelines for the USC broadcast. He's our good friend, Jordan Moore. Jordan, how are you? I'm, I'm great, guys. How's it going over there? Hey, we are we're doing terrific. Of course, uh, any week during college football is a good one. And uh, tell us about USC and what exactly they did to Stanford. They just thrashed them. <laughs> yeah, it has been an eventful uh, start to the season, certainly for the Trojans. Uh, JT Daniels uh, felt like a crushing blow in the second quarter of the season opener. Uh, and then Keaton Slovis came in, a, a true freshman who uh, many were surprised was even able to sort of rise up the depth chart and, and get the backup spot. And he looked okay. They sort of seemed to protect him in the, in the first game, and so no one really knew what to expect going into Saturday. And then he went out there and just absolutely uh, carved up Stanford, you know, a team that USC's really had problems with um, really over the last decade. Um, had some good wins, but um, we'd never really seen him just dominate Stanford that way. And um, the Graham Harrell air raid offense, we sort of saw him in full effect for the first time. And it was just impressive to see an, an 18-year-old running it and, and running it that efficiently in his first career start. So I watched all of that game, uh, Jordan, and I, I was really, really impressed with this kid. Is this the truth with him, or was he just on a vi- just uh, in rhythm and, and and feeling it that night? Is this what he's been doing in practice? Yeah, I mean, I guess we will find out. Um, in a lot of ways, it is what he's been doing in practice. I mean, really, right from the spring when he showed up, he surprised a lot of people because you know, SC is a place that gets four or five star quarterbacks and you know guys that come in with big reputations, and so. You know, expectations are always high from the moment they get here, and, and he just wasn't that guy. I mean, really, for the first time in a long time, they, he was just sort of an under-the-radar guy. He, he came uh, to their camp um, and lit it up, and Clay Helton really liked him, and you know, so they were one of the only big schools to recruit him um, out of Arizona, and so you know, just, he just didn't have that hype around him that we've had with, with so many different you know, players, but in particular quarterbacks. But he's been really good in practice. I mean, you've, just, you've seen the arm talent in practice. And, and what really stood out was you'd hear the way Graham Harrell would talk about him, the offensive coordinator. It was, it was praise of the highest order. I mean, it was, you know, as good, as talented as any quarterback I've ever seen kind of quotes. And you're like, whoa, he's saying this about somebody that everyone thought would be fourth on the depth chart. 
And then you realize, okay, now he's second on the depth chart, and then now he's starting. And then, you know, after the game, Graham Harrell, Graham Harrell basically said, I told you so <laughs> to the media um, because he has seen this in the kid from day one. Well, when he threw that 39-yard touchdown pass, he dropped that, yeah. and there were two Stanford uh, defenders back there. Yeah. And that was a thing of beauty. And, and just, <laughs> just, the, just the way he uh, – you know what? I think something that impressed me with him is the way he was just laying the ball out for those very talented receivers and allowing them to go get the ball uh, with confidence, uh, no hesitation yeah. at all, just fire it up there. That's the that's exactly what I've said. You said no hesitation there. To me, what stood out was how decisive he was. And I think you know we're we're all sort of getting used to this offense, but it seems to me that that is the number one quality that you need for this offense because they want the ball out quickly. So it is make a decision, get the ball out. You know, they don't want you patting it back there. They don't want you overthinking it. They don't want you forcing big plays. Um, and so most of it, you know, was underneath, you know, 10 yards and under, and then get the ball in the hands of, of these guys who are so great after the catch. And then every now and then, you know, you get them sucked up and you go over the top like that, that pretty pass to Amon Ra that you're talking about. But, you know, this wide receiving core is so special. So it's if you can just get them, if you're good enough to just give them a chance, They'll make plays for you, and uh, that's certainly what they did on Saturday. Well, let's talk a little bit more about those receivers because I think special is is exactly the word. But it seems to to me that at least three of these guys would be wide receiver number one pretty much on any other yeah. team in the country. Yeah, that's exactly. I, I had my coach's show with, with Clay Helton last night and brought this up to him, which was it, what's going to make this work, if it's going to work, is it, those guys are going to have to be selfless, and it's certainly not a position – uh, known for selflessness, um, but that's what it's going to have to be because you have a guy like Michael Pittman Jr., who's you know is a really a star player and a, and a senior, so he, you know he's, he's, he wants to impress for for the league and, and his career. He didn't have a catch in the first half. Well, then in the third quarter, he had I think six catches alone. So you know it's going to come like that for these guys. So Tyler Vaughn's has, has had two big games so far, but St. Brown was really quiet in the first game and then he had a big first half in this one, but then after that big first half, he I think he only had one catch for 2 yards in the second half. So it is the ball's going to be spread around. Um, they have talented freshman receivers that they're also using and then you got running backs that need touches. So they have a lot of people on this offense. I mean, it really is a, a special group of of skill guys, but no one's going to get the touches that they potentially could get at another place. So I think as long as they keep winning, that won't be a problem. Um, but but I think selflessness will be key to, to make this whole thing work. So, Jordan, Jake brought something up earlier that I thought was an interesting thing. What do defenses, obviously BYU and Utah, are going to play this team in consecutive weeks here. Yeah. Uh, what? How do you – is this guy uh, disruptible? Is he, uh, because of his youth, should teams blitz him, uh, put pressure on him, commit resources to do that, or because those receivers are so good, if if teams try that, will he just dump it off to those guys and they're off to the races? Yeah, I, I think I'm sure that he will see all different kinds of looks going forward here. I mean, what, what I think makes this conference unique is, for all the different styles that you see. And it, I, I just got the sense after the fact that it sounded like they, they had a really good idea of what Stanford was doing, um, and they were a step ahead in that regard. But that may not be true when they play Utah next week. I, I, you know, I don't know a ton about BYU's um, you know, defense historically. Uh, they, they've struggled against the run this season, but they've also played 
you know, a tougher schedule than most. So it's also it's hard to tell trends through two games. Um, but, yeah, I, I think people will try to confuse him like you would any 18-year-old. Um, but he does have a little bit of that Sam Darnold in him. That's what everyone around here keeps sort of seeing. And that's the ability to improvise as well. And you saw him run around a little bit. You know, he, he's a pretty good athlete. Um, and, you know, in terms of the actual offense, the air raid, the thing I keep going back to is sort of looking at how Washington State's done against opponents in recent years. And Washington State has dominated Stanford. So, you know, Washington has dominated Washington State. So I'll be curious to see if, if those kind of trends that have been coming out of Pullman and Mike Leach is, you know, obviously Graham Harrell is a disciple of Mike Leach. So, you know, will, the, will those hold for USC as well? Or is USC's skill talent so much better than maybe Washington State that, that you can, you know, it, that it, it won't necessarily have the same patterns that, 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 we'll, that we'll even see from the Cougs. So it'll be interesting to see. This is all sort of a new experiment for us as well. Talking to USC football with Jordan Moore here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jordan, tell us a little bit about the defense, how they've looked, and how tough it will be for the Cougars or the Utes, for that matter, to move the football. Uh, yeah, the defense is, I, I think, still, uh, you know, we're still figuring out. Um, uh, up front, I think we have a pretty good idea, uh, you know, led by a, a Utah native in, in J2 Fele. He's, he's, you know, USC's best defensive lineman, defensive tackle. He's got NFL written all over him. Uh, he was excellent last week at a big fourth down stop. Um, so I think they're good up front. They have a really talented freshman named Drake Jackson who, who's really popped so far. The linebackers, uh, they have you know, a veteran in John Houston who's, who's you know, sort of a tackle machine, a little bit good athlete, and, and then a guy that we have really high expectations for but hasn't been uh, great through two games is Paul E.A. Nautioti. Uh, he's a Bishop Gorman guy, so in Vegas. So he's really the guy that everyone – he was fantastic when he uh, played a little bit as a freshman. He, it's, he sort of harkened back to the Ray Maluga types, just sort of a, a you know a skull cracker and been a linebacker. Um, and then the secondary is really young. So they held up nicely last week. Um, but I think some of these teams are going to test them more as we go on. Uh, Stanford just doesn't have a lot of great wideouts. Uh, Fresno State was breaking in a new quarterback. So we'll see. I, I think the BYU quarterback is very talented I think they, uh, and mobile. And USC struggled with the mobility of Fresno State's quarterback in the opener. Um, so, you know, every, every week is going to be a test. And then certainly when, when, when the Trojans see Utah in a week, uh, Utah is a, a complete football team. So that'll be, that'll be a great test. Um, but in terms of what the defense has shown so far, Saturday was interesting because Stanford dominated for a quarter and a half. Dominated. Four possessions, four scores, you know, two touchdowns, two field goals, um, controlled the line of scrimmage. And then all of a sudden the defense shut the water off and, and held them scoreless the rest of the way. And, and USC went on a, a 35-0 run. So um, it, it's, it's early. It's a little early to sort of know exactly what we're dealing with. Um, but but they, they showed some great signs in the second half on Saturday. Jordan, you mentioned uh, doing the show with Clay Helton. How's he holding up? Because it seems like everybody had him at the top of the hot seat, coaching yeah. hot seat before this season started. And is he uh, is he pretty calm about the whole thing, or is he a nervous wreck and just hides it? He's uh, he's pretty calm. I mean, what 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 has put him in this position in his life is that he is a consistent, stable leader. I mean, that is really his greatest strength as a coach. And the reason that he has this job is because the two guys before him at USC were not that. Um, They were talented offensive minds and talented coaches, but they didn't bring the stability needed to 
run a program of this size, and, and that's what he has done well. And he's backed off this year, which I think has really helped in terms of the X's and O's, Take, taking a little pressure off of himself to also be that brilliant offensive mind, given that to Graham Harrell, who lets Clancy Pendergast run the defense. And he's focused on the discipline and, and trying to you know, sort of get the swagger back and the culture back at, at SC, which was really beaten out of him last year in that 5-7 and seven season. And, you know, he, ne- he certainly never talks about job security, security or the hot seat or any of that stuff. Um, obviously, you know, like any other coach, he'll he'll say, you know, you can only control what you can control, and I think he he knows he has a great opportunity. He can they have this really brutal schedule, but if he wins all these games or if he wins a lot of them, you know, who's going to take his job from him? No one. So, you know, I think as a coach, you just look at it, it's right all out in front of you. You have a, a great opportunity. You win the games and and you know let it, let other people talk. Jordan, take us through the Lynn Swan drama that culminated with his resignation yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much we know. I mean, I think, um, obviously, again, much like the Clay Helton situation, you saw a million articles swirling of, of uh, this being pending news. So in that sense, it didn't really surprise anyone. I think the only thing that was surprising was the timing of it. Um, and, you know, coming off such a, a great win for football. And, and you know, again, I mean, the president didn't, didn't really put any um, – Fine point on 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 what happened and and uh, you know Lynn Swan, um, you know obviously I'll only put out you know simply the the resignation letter. So you know, we don't know. I I think the the only lesson I would put out there, the, the thing that stands out to me, um, is I think particularly in a professional town, you guys are a professional sports town as well, is that I think the fans get caught up thinking that the athletic director is the football GM, and I I think this sort of point was made yesterday, or at least in terms of the timing, that it's not about wins and losses on the football field when you're running an athletic department. There's so much more that goes into it. He's got 20, you know, there's 21 sports, um, all these employees, you know, a university that you're a part of. So, you know, it's just a bigger job. So Clay Helton will, will be judged by wins and losses. Um, and the athletic director, and as they, you know, they brought in a, a great guy that we know, Dave Roberts, to be the interim. Um, and then whoever they go out and, and, and fill it with, you know, it's, it's just it's a bigger job than just, okay, you play great against Stanford on Saturday, so everything's fine. So I think that, I think that that's sort of the part that, that people are getting confused with the timing because so many fans just think that football is all that matters. You said you didn't know that much about BYU. What do you make of the USC-Utah matchup? I mean, obviously the Utes were picked to win the conference. Uh, how do you think that thing will go when those two meet on Friday night? Well, a week from Friday. Yeah, I've been talking about um, that game for a while now, and it's it, the thing that stands out to me is everyone sort of agreed that Utah. I mean, Utah was the sort of Pac-12 favorite uh, coming out of, of Media Day, and then certainly the favorite in the South. And uh, I wouldn't argue that at all, uh, but only to say that. I really like whoever wins that game's chances to win the South because of the, the value of the tiebreaker. I don't think USC has a very good chance of winning the South if they lose that game. But if USC wins it, um, you know, it puts Utah behind things. Um, so they're going to need USC to lose, but and they're also going to need to be pretty clean the rest of the way. So And, and Utah's tough game. So, you know, I, I just think a lot of it comes down to that game. Utah has not... Uh, fared very well in the Coliseum. USC has also failed, uh, fared poorly in Salt Lake City. So the home field advantage has been a ton in this series. Utah joined the Pac-12. 
Um, but I'll, I'll be interested to see. It'll be a test of the line of scrimmage for me. That's what it always comes down to. Kyle Whittingham's teams are always good offensive and defensive line, and that's where USC has faltered at times going up against uh, better opponents. So the Trojans are always there at, at skill positions, and, and the, you know, the same is certainly true this year. But it, yeah, big games are won at the line of scrimmage, and, and that'll be where that game is won. Jordan, uh, this this is totally switching gears real quick, but since you're from California, I wanted to ask your mm-hmm. take, or at least to, you know, if you can kind of tell us what this legislation is that has passed through the, the legislature there in California, talking about players making money off their own likeness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's I was just talking about it today that I think that this is a massive deal that not enough people are talking about. I, I think it's going to put the NCA to the to the test to the, to the sword a little bit, and, and they're going to have to figure out how to handle it because I don't think you can have college athletics without California, um, and I'm not sure the California teams will have any choice. So and I, I don't know enough about the law. I don't know if I don't know if the NCA could sue the state of California or something like that. But if they can't, I mean, all you're talking about is simply that that, that student athletes will have the ability to, to trade their name and likeness, which is something that I've been a proponent of for years. Um, because you know all the solutions, all the you know, when people talk about oh players should be paid and and whatnot, I, I I just don't think that's nearly as feasible as people think it is. Because with Title IX, you'd have to play pay the men's sports equally to the women's sports, and there just isn't enough money. And what's going to just end up happening is sports will get cut, and I think that's the worst solution. So I really hope that doesn't happen. But this to me rewards the celebrity college athlete. And, you know, if, if Nike wants to come in and, um, you know, sign Zach Moss before he leaves Utah, then what's wrong with it? I don't see, I don't see who's getting hurt there. The school's not involved. Um, but I think that's the scenario you're talking about is that, you know, the Sam Darnolds of the world, while they're still in college, the Zion Williamson's, you know, they, they, they can be celebrity endorsers and, and they can, they can have, uh, be rewarded for you know what they're doing for these schools which is you know packing stadiums and arenas so i i fully understand that part of it um and then you know your third string center probably doesn't make a lot of money you know doing it that way and and he gets the value of of the scholarship which is which is a lot at these schools so i think that it's probably the best solution but you know the ncaa doesn't seem to think so so i i like you guys will just be waiting to see how they handle it yeah, it's like you said, something's got to give here. Uh, yep. And, uh, you know, one side or the other's going to have to back down. And the thing that really stood out to me in that voting was it was darn near unanimous. Uh, yep. I mean, there's no question that this is the way those lawmakers feel is the right thing to do. So who knows? Maybe the NCAA will back away and allow allow this to be the case uh, all across the board. Well, it shouldn't hurt. I mean, you know, what what do I know? But it, it, to me, I, I don't think it, it attacks their bottom line either. So to me, it does seem like the best solution, you know, as opposed to, you know, some of the other things we've seen over the years when, like, the Northwestern guys were trying to unionize and, and all the rest of that. Like, those kind of things would, would just completely destroy the model that the NCAA has created, and I'm sure lots of people want that to be the case. But this does seem like a way for the NCAA to survive while also, you know, acknowledging the, the, the changing sort of market uh, that, that we've seen in college athletics where, where these, these athletes are stars and there's being a lot of, a lot of money is being made on their backs. And, uh, you know, this is a way for them to get a piece of that. 
Jordan, thank you as always for a few moments. We really appreciate the insight. Happy to do it. It sounds like it's going to be a beautiful day on Saturday in Utah. I'm looking forward to it. All right. We'll see you here. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you. That's Jordan Moore. He does sidelines for the USC broadcast, also does some social media work for them uh, as well. We are live from the Dish Professionals, 80 South and State. You can always give them a call, 801-424-DISH. Our friend Ryan joins us once again. And, Ryan, you, you, uh, you talk to customers who come down here and, and see all the cool stuff that, uh, that you can show them. Are people usually really surprised about what, uh, what this equipment is capable of? Um. I think more odd is a, is a probably a better word. Not necessarily surprised because they're hearing me tell right. all the you know the seventeen things that Dish can do. It's um, to actually see it in action, and uh, you know, rarely do we get a customer walk out of the uh, out of the lobby and not sign up, or they maybe go home and get permission from the wife. But um, it's a you know it, it's such a better product than anything out there. And it's, uh, I'm, I feel so blessed to be able to, to be the premier retailer and be the, the guy that gets to sell all these products because we're making a lot of people happy and saving a lot of money. Uh, you know, we've had, uh, one customer came in and blew my mind. I asked him how much we were going to save him. And he's like $150 a month. And I, I don't, I'm not going to lie at lie. I was surprised for that, but <laughs> that was, that was impressive. But, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of 40, 50, 60s, you know, yes, uh, today we had one for 77. So I mean, there's a significant amount of money to be saved. And, you know, what dish has done is just made it simple. It's a two year offer two year price guarantee. Um, we'll throw in the additional credits on there. You get the NFL red zone, um, we'll do the installation for free and, you know, you're going to get uh, set up with, you know, the NFL red zone, you get the PAC 12 network and just a long list of cool stuff. And, you know, every day I play with this voice remote and find out it can do something else. I mean, I asked you about the Idaho state game. And, yeah. Who they played last week. Um, I, and, uh, we will, well, let's ask dish and see. And sure enough, it brought up that they played Western Colorado. So. Western Colorado State, I think. I think something. it was State, Western Colorado, <laughs> Colorado State. State. Somebody I'd never even heard of. I yeah. wonder what city that's in. I don't know. We probably could ask it and see. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you want the answer? We probably shall what see. city is Western Colorado State in? Let's see if it works here. It's so cool how you can just do whatever. And you it's just, a, it's just, just say what you want. And of course, our internet is like We've had, uh, had some super fun problems with the uh, Comcast in the internet, so <laughs> you know, yeah, nice, uh, Ryan. Uh, we, you have great installers and whatnot. At least that's been my experience. But I really would suggest people come down here and talk with you and and some of the uh, some of your staff here because they can find out how everything works yeah. right from jump instead of going home and not really being sure what the technology is they have because they might as well take advantage of everything these, this stuff can do. Yeah, and that's uh, you know something we key upon. Even if customers don't come down and they get set up, you know, our installers, you know, I've got uh, my main installer who's been with us since we started 17 and a half years ago. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll help the customer. And Dish has a great channel, um, uh, channel 103 that basically has uh, video descriptions of how to operate and to use the system and it's actually it's funny because I'll watch it once in a while and pick up new tricks mm. because it's, there's just so much it can do but you know the biggest problem like a lot of people have is switching is they, they don't want to learn a new remote they don't want to have a guide be something different they don't want to worry about where's the channels going to be and and it's never been easier because with the voice remote 
all those questions can be answered. You just basically say what you want and it's on. And, you know, to a lot of competitors, you know, to just bring up the search, it takes seven seconds. And then, then you have to do the letters and the up right. arrow and oh, down yeah. arrow. And uh, <laughs> you had that service. I have. And how frustrating it yeah. is. Um, and, and it's so simple. It's so fast. And, uh, you know, you can control your thermostat. You can add to your shopping list. You can find out what the weather is going to be like. It just uh, it can do so much. All right, eight zero one four two four dish is the number to call. But uh, seriously, come down, find out for yourself. You can get the demonstration in person. We have some jazz gear for you as well. Eightieth South and State. Ryan, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll have more coming up next on the Big Show ninety seven five and twelve eighty the Zone. The Utah RV Super Show is the premier RV event of the year happening at the Mountain America Expo Center, September 12th through 15th. Come see the new 2020 models and special closeout pricing on all 2019s. There's something for every price range and special show financing. Bring a can of food for the Utah Food Bank and receive $1 off per can up to half off an adult admission. Unplug from distractions and plug into your family at the Utah RV Super Show, September 12th through 15th. For more information and discount passes, visit utahrvsupershow.com. Short yards offense was not a strong suit. Um, we had too many linebacker run-throughs and safety run-throughs. You know, we got to do a better job with our offensive line, keeping our eyes and our head up and, and seeing those run-throughs and, and hitting that movement. A victim still lying in bed Big show. That's Kyle Whittingham right there, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, live from the Dish Professionals today, 80th South and State. Very easy for you to get to. Drop on by and see us. Say hello. We just chatted with a couple listeners during the break. Shout out to Mike. Thanks to Mike for uh, coming down and saying hello. Uh, we've got jazz gear for you. And, of course, you can find out what the dish professionals can do for you right here in person. I was reading Mike's book. Yeah, he showed us a copy of his uh, children's book. Yeah, it was fantastic. Mike, also uh, a good friend of a friend of ours, Robert Lund. Yeah. I haven't seen Robert for a while, man. I Love to see and Robert. a good friend of mine, Clark Barton. So he, How about that? It's a small world. Mike you know? styled in. But, uh, yeah, he wrote a book about, what, what are those called? Words that are uh, that sound the same but are have different meanings and right. are spelled differently? Like pair and pair. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he has a book. Uh, do you see the title of it? Uh, I did, but I can't remember. Oh, it. man. It was really clever. Yeah. Really cool. Uh, check that out. Uh, can I complain about something real quick? You know me. I, I often don't like to complain, but uh, can I complain about Nick Saban for a second? Sure. Actually, I'm complaining about his complaint. Okay. So Nick Saban is uh, not happy with the 11 a.m. Uh, kickoff. Actually, it's a noon kickoff Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. He said, uh, we are disappointed our game against Southern Miss has been selected as a daytime kickoff at home. We realize we've played uh, more non-conference day games at home in September than any other SEC team since 2014. Oh, boo-hoo. Come on. Spare me, Nick. (laughs) Spare me, please, sir. Have a few 9 o'clock p.m. kickoffs and then come back and talk to us here in the Mountain Time Zone. Give me a freaking break. Uh, what's he call his wife, Miss Terry? Isn't that what he calls her? What's, uh, she needs to get him back on that treadmill again. Remember she was punishing him because he uh, got that personal foul uh, flag? Uh, I had not seen that story. Though. Didn't you? Uh-uh. Yeah, she uh, she said, get on that treadmill. You've got to run that off. <laughs> Everyone's got a boss, Jake. I guess. <laughs> Even Nick Saban. 
But seriously, I mean, out west, come out west for yeah. a season and, yeah. and try it out. Namby-pamby. I, I saw on. a tweet uh, on Saturday, and I, I, I wish I could remember exactly what it was, but it, the tweet was came out at like 9 o'clock. And uh, the person who was tweeting is say there are four Pac-12 games that are still going at mm-hmm. 11, a, or 11 o'clock Eastern time. Yeah. You know, and it's just, I don't know, I, I feel bad for fans, Gordon. And this is something that we've talked about quite a bit. And I, I understand the television and the role that it plays and the dollars that it brings in and yada, yada, yada. But the, the in-person game experience, especially in this part of the country, has taken a big hit because of television. It has. And the fans are the ones who pay the price. Have you noticed now uh, that they have a – tell me, does this make it better or worse, that they have a clock that the – what is the, the guy who wears the hat, the TV timeout guy yeah. down on the sideline? <laughs> have you noticed that they have a clock down now that counts down how long uh, the, the television timeout is? I did not notice that. Uh, notice it. Next game you go to in person because it's there. And I don't know if it makes it better. Like, okay, well, we now have two and a half minutes to, to hang out here for a second. Or if it's worse because it's just torture. Because you know now you're like, oh, God, two and a half minutes until they get back. Are you yeah. serious? And when you're watching the time, it makes it go slower. It makes it go slower. But, I mean, there's so many, like, extended stops for games in person. And combine that with the, with the start times. I mean, the, the BYU-Utah game, for example, you know, with Thursday, folks, they've got to work the next day. Yeah. People have to go to school the next day. I mean, those late Thursday games are tough. Late Sunday games are tough. Like, I, I know that the, the big joke, this was um, the uh, – and I think even Coach Witt made a joke about it in the postgame where the, the – um, the the crowd stormed the field field three times mm-hmm. and that that game was a late Saturday night game that spilled over into the Sunday morning and everybody was making the joke about can Utah play or can BYU play on a Sunday morning but mm-hmm. ha 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 you know this but what business do we have playing college football after midnight didn't didn't grandma say nothing good happens after midnight I don't know why why do we still have games going on after midnight you know the the last call at bars around here is at 1 a.m <laughs> so why are we playing college? last call everyone out and we made a joke about this uh last year we had to end the byu utah post game because the uh the the law made the point after where we were hosting the the show from kick us out because it, you can't be in a bar in any way, shape, or form after 2 o'clock in the morning. Well, what are, what are we doing doing a post-game show at 2 o'clock in the morning? How could we have a start time where that is an issue? We got kicked out of a bar because the show was going on too late. A bar! That, yeah. Doesn't that tell anybody something? And Nick Saban's complaining about a noon start time Spare me, yeah, Nick. Nick. Spare me, sir. Indeed. Indeed. And by, by the way, as you were talking about being in the stadium watching the clock, I'm thinking to myself, wouldn't it be a lot easier just to watch it on TV, go into the icebox or <laughs> the refrigerator, as they call it, uh, it last 60 years. But uh, go in there and grab uh, whatever it is you want and come back and plop down in your lazy boy and watch it there? I honestly will not blame nor question the fandom of anybody who doesn't Fan, want to go see an fans 8.30 are, start Fans time. are like backdrops now. And I, I mean, they're just like, eh, whatever. Although, like you always point out, that a lot of organizations are still making a lot of money off the gate. 
but uh, they make it difficult sometimes for the fans. I think they do make it difficult for the and, fans. And you keep hearing about the renovations to stadiums, and they want to make the – the the, uh, the game experience uh, being there special in some way. How about speeding it up while we're young? I don't think it's going to happen. No, I think we've we've long since passed the point of no return on this sort of thing. <laughs> so maybe hey, maybe we should complain about us complaining because there's really no point well, in complaining. At least we do have a, a, something to complain about, Nick. Not give so us, much. Give us a break, Nick. Yeah, yeah. You you go enjoy Boo-hoo. your go enjoy your noon kickoff time, please, <laughs> because there are a lot of us around here that would really uh, like those more of those early kickoffs. But we are getting earlier kickoffs this week, so again, maybe this is the wrong time to bring it, to bring it up. But we just get so many of them. Uh, BYU USC one thirty and Utah two fifteen, I believe. 215. And then, uh, yeah. So that's, which is darn that's near nice, perfect. Yeah. So this week, nothing to complain about. Well, this Nick, week. Even Nick wouldn't complain about that. I just, when I saw that, I just thought to myself, "Come on, man. Yeah. This is one of those things where you can't complain about it because there are a lot of others that have it way worse than you do." Can't you say that about darn near every complaint? Yes, that's probably true. Because there's always somebody who's got it worse. That is absolutely true. All right. Thoughts for the day. Indeed. All right. We've got the Not Sports Port coming up right around the corner. Uh, stay tuned for that. We're live at the Dish Professionals. You can give them a call, 801-424-DISH, or you can simply stop by and see us here at 80th South and State Street. I want to remind you, don't take the bus tour at the airport parking lot. Diamond Airport Parking offers covered self-parking, covered valet parking, open valet parking, 24-7 car to curb shuttle service. Diamond Airport Parking since 1922, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save Diamond Airport Parking. More straight ahead. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Tyson Williams is the face of the BYU offense. That's not a slight to Zach Wilson. I think he'll still have a great year, but that dude carrying the rock with some of the key grinding yards that he's able to get, that's a really big deal, man. I don't think Tyson Williams is Zach Moss by any means, but he's a dang good back to just have a guy be able to go out there and give you the yards you need time after time and be so steady in that way. What a great get for that program. I thought in that game against Tennessee, the familiarity with playing in such big stadiums and big moments in front of hostile crowds doesn't bother him. You could just kind of tell that he is an experienced, mature back who never really got the opportunity he deserved elsewhere, and now that he's with BYU, it's really starting to shine. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Big Show 97.5, 1280 The Zone, live from the Dish Professional. Stop by and see us, 80th South and State Street. You can also give them a call, 801-424-DISH. Save money, upgrade your technology, get great customer service while you're at it. Right now, it's time for the Not Sports Port, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventories. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going across the pond to uh, Great Britain. Great Britain, I see. All right. A man over there by the name of Richard Keedwell, who's 71 years old, he was uh, ticketed for going driving 35 miles an hour in a 30-mile-an-hour 
zone. Okay. So he was fined like 125 bucks, the equivalent, uh-huh. for his indiscretion. Okay. So he said that the whole system was seriously flawed, and so out of principle, he was going to fight the thing. All right. Well, the problem with that is that fighting the thing ended up costing him darn near $35,000. Not worth it. So the problem is that that $35,000 was his son's inheritance money. Oh. <laughs> so his, his son is the loser in all of this. So his son. Now, Jake. You're here, and your dad just walked in. Yeah, over he came there. by for a visit. Yeah. So if your dad was going to give you, say, a ah, hundred grand in inheritance money, and he spent it to to fight out of principle a thirty-five mile an hour speeding ticket, what would you say to your dad? Hmm. Well, you know, it is technically his at the time to do with what he wants, right? But so he was saving really it. My, he was saving it for you. Still, not really my place to tell him what to do with it. Well, no. I said, "How? Well, okay. How would you feel about it?" Uh, I would. I would feel like that could be that could go to a better place. Sure. <laughs> but I don't feel like it would be my place to criticize. All right. All right. What if you made a big purchase and uh, one of your daughters complained? A big purchase? He's fighting a $125 ticket. Yeah, but you're a principled man. What if you really dug in on something? Uh, and and, so, and were so, criticized by, by offspring for spending uh, their inheritance. I, something tells me you wouldn't react so well to that. Well, I mean, at some point you've got to cut. You've got to, you know, just cut away and just let it go. I mean... It's you talk about principle. How about the principle of saving that money for a better cause, namely giving it to your kid? Okay, let me. How about this? Let me ask you. If, Sadie would probably punch you in the nose if you if you uh, were saving some her college fund or something, and you decided to spend it on legal fees. Okay, let me ask you this: What if you wrote a column, and the subject of said column decided to sue you for slander? Now, you would never slander anybody and were, were absolutely innocent of the crime, and you were going to fight it tooth and nail, even if it took every last penny. And all of a sudden, one of the, one of the daughters who said, hey, how about a little something for us? Uh, okay, well, what okay. would your reaction be? Uh, let's back up for a second. There you're talking about absolute reputation. Here you're talking about a five-mile-an-hour Traffic ticket. A principle is a principle, sir. How are you, dare you judge his principles as <laughs> not being as good he as yours? Spent his son's inheritance money. Uh, right. Uh, I th- I'd say one principle is more important than the other. I can't believe you're arguing this point. <laughs> Who's to say? I don't know. It's important <laughs> to this guy. Obviously important to this guy. I'd want to take my dad in the back uh, back shed and uh, do some business there. What is that supposed to mean? Uh, I don't know. My dad was six five, two ninety, so I think it would have been the other way around if he'd so desired. Yeah. But uh, I, I just, you know, this is silly. Okay. I can't believe you're arguing this. I'm point. not arguing with it. I'm just saying, you know, it's 
It's that, it's that guy's money to do with what he wants. Are you hoping for a lot of inheritance from your dad? No. How's that going to go? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know. Jake's dad is over in the corner, thumbs down. I think you're going to have to earn every penny. I'll, of course, you're already freeloading off Naz, you know, who is, you know, the major that, breadwinner in the true. family. 100%. Yeah. So what's the difference between freeloading off of her and freeloading off of dad? Well, I married one. The other has a <laughs> retirement to enjoy eventually. <laughs> So you have no, so I, you, have, I, you have no problem mooching off your wife, but you certainly wouldn't want to interrupt with your dad's retirement. Correct. Besides, your dad's never going to retire. You know that. Well, we'll see. All right. We are live at the Dish Professionals, 80 the South and State, and our good friend Ryan joins us once again. And I'll tell you what, the, the showroom, very popular today, Ryan. We are. Uh, we got a little crowd going. Very I'm, popular with the Scott family in particular. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at Sadie over there. Super She's not the cutest little she thing. She is a doll. But in all honesty, it's a good place. We've been using you guys for years. And in fact, my dad's here. He, he's a client of the Dish Professionals as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- you know, we've been helping a lot of seventeen, a lot of customers, seventeen and a half years now, and uh, um, you know, it's been a been a great business, and looking for many more years, and you know, excited that you know, Dish has continued to innovate, and why a lot of other providers really kind of just okay, here's your TV service, and there's a DVR, and you can u- utilize it, and Dish has made a faster receiver, added more features, and. Um, you know, just love all the things that they can do and make people's lives a, a lot easier. Well, I'm looking at a list of 17 things that Dish does that nobody else does. And this stuff, I mean, we, it'd be impossible to get through it all in, in one live. But, I mean, this stuff is really, really cool. Start with this, 100,000 movies and shows on demand. Yeah, That's that, amazing. That is amazing. Uh, we went to a conference at, last fall, and uh, the – uh, director over the over the video on demand he his full intent is to compete with Netflix and they want to be a platform that you can really go to to watch you know anything you want and they started ten years ago when they block they bought blockbuster and they didn't buy them because of their locations right they got the contracts and when they got all the movie contracts that allowed them to have access to putting all these shows in and it's crazy it's the the amount of movies and shows you don't need to worry about going to blockbuster you just pick up your voice remote and say what you want it's on you can say an actor's name if you're a you know a fan of like ryan reynolds and it's going to bring up all the shows 801-424-DISH is the number. And on top of all this, you know, upgrades, technology, all that, Ryan, you know, most importantly, people want to save some money and you can do, absolutely do that. Yeah, this is the big one. Uh, best promotion I've ever seen DISH do. You've got a two-year price guarantee. So you know when you sign up what your price is going to be for the next two years. We have the new customer credits on there for new customers. And then I have an additional $240 that we can throw on top of that. Um, and then you get the NFL Red Zone free for the season. We'll do the install. You're going to get the award-winning hopper, which is, comes with those 17 things. From you know, One of my favorites is always going to be the remote locator. Super frustrating that can be to lose your remote. And this thing is, you know, if you come into our office, uh, I'll take the remote and we'll throw it in the desk drawer and, push the locate remote button and you'll see how easy and how neat it is and from from there we'll come out get you set up we guarantee the best price we're uh the local um uh, premier retailer for utah so like if you want to come down and uh, see the showroom for dish that's what we do 
80th South and State, uh, come on by and see us or give me uh, give them a call as well, 801-424-Ryan. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Bull, uh, Bowler joins us. Coming up next, stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Ryan Leaf, host of uh, Believe in Pac-12 Football on the Believe Podcast Network. The conference, I believe, it, from top to bottom, is as competitive as any conference out there. And they just beat the hell out of each other and cannibalize one another. And it's not an excuse. My biggest qualm about the Pac-12 right now is the, their inability to win the games they're supposed to win. That they can't lose. You know, UCLA can't lose to Cincinnati. They can't lose to San Diego State. You know, Oregon State and Arizona can't lose to Hawaii. But that stuff can't happen. Uh, that's why I like that Utah is so highly ranked right now, and they continue to go up if they keep winning because they need to be in the conversation when the college football playoff committee starts putting out their picks. Otherwise, the Pac-12 just will not get noticed. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.